Live from Gutter Cat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey yo, what is going on? Thank you all for being here. This space is blowing up. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello to you from all around the world. And welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today's guest is a video remix pioneer who helped originate video mashups during the early days of bootlegs and went on to create viral videos using rapid-fire edits of video clips to create a complete new sound. DJ Magazine called him the Remix King. He has played alongside artists like Diplo, Deadmau5, Childish Gambino, and the Wu-Tang Clan. His NFT collab, Breaking News with X-Copy, recently resold on the secondary market for 89 Ethereum or $263,000. He is a true pioneer in identifying trends in culture shifting technology and has become an early adopter of the movement in crypto and NFTs. It's my honor to share the stage with the one and only Eclectic Method. What's going on, man? Wow, one intro. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, yeah nothing much. Oh, it's it's just so awesome to see, um, you know, people that have been wildly successful uh, with different types of tech adoption and just utilizing new tech to um, to create new types of to create new types of genres or sounds or innovation and I mean you fit really into that category and so I, I'm just so happy that you're here to kind of chat about your journey so to start off I'd love for you just to take a minute or two and chat with us about your journey into the crypto and the NFT space whichever came first yeah um well i've had friends involved in crypto for years and the, the wallets were always like seemed too too confusing to me and i never wanted to get involved it always just sounded like too much to keep crypto secure but what really got me into nfts is, is seeing um people get into nfts last year and i've known people for about um 12 years and been a huge fan of like his audio visual work uh he's been like a pioneer in making animated rhythmical video and so i've been uh, following what he he does and after seeing his drop it was like um just seeing what was going on in nfts and then i jumped in on twitter and started like getting to know the people that were involved and then just fell into it yeah love it you know i love hearing the journey because it doesn't matter when you necessarily got in but it sounds you know, anyone that got in towards the beginning of this last year of 2020, it really seems like a lot of the artists or musicians or, you know, audio visual people that got into the space, there was kind of that event that happened last year with people that kind of caught their attention. And so I'd love for you to kind of talk about your journey of trying to understand what an NFT was when it came to just even like people and figuring out, you know, figuring out where that conviction came from to realize, oh, wow, this is a space that I need to explore more. Yeah, um, certainly. So I, I just tweeted that I was wanting to get into to get involved with NFTs, and then immediately Pranksy reached out to me. So that was one of my first like contact points with NFTs, and there was like, a lot of DMs with Pranksy, and um, just learning what the scene was. And you know, I, I mean, my reaction was the same as everyone's when you first hear about it. You're like, this is this is totally crazy and amazing, you know. And as an artist, also, I think it's like sometimes very hard to get your head around that you actually be compensated for your ideas and that you can actually like build a platform that's like free from Facebook and and censorship and and you, you know you can do weird shit and succeed at it so it was like all this obviously like I've come to understand more and more after being in it for like 10 months that last 10 months seemed like a few years but you know when I first got started I had no idea what a hardware wallet was and I've slowly had to like you know catch up and learn 
about crypto art and keeping crypto and being safe and security and everything. Yeah. Have you, since being adopting NFTs and starting to create your own work, have you also um, become a collector and as well as a more of a pioneer of understanding um, crypto in general and trying to save some of your assets in crypto as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would have had no interest in finance like a year ago. And now I'm like trying to understand it. Also, like one of the things I do is trying to make remixes about a subject I'm involved in. So when getting into crypto, I immediately started uh, remixing Vitalik. And right now I'm working on um, remixes of um, people from DevCon and developers who make Ethereum. And it's just about, um, you know, in order to do those remixes properly, I have to understand what they're saying and just watching hours of interviews and reading stuff. So I've got really deep into yeah, decentralized finance, how the blockchain works, the technology behind it, the history behind it. Yeah, stuff I had no, no idea about 11 months ago. You know, I always love hearing this story because you are just like everyone else when it comes to this new tech. Is like you find a, you see someone that you know, or you know someone that you that inspires you, and then you're like, oh, I need to look more into that. And then as you start to research yourself, that's kind of when that conviction moment happens, and you start going down this rabbit hole of understanding, you know, just how big and how massive this is. And one thing I love about your story too is like you were around during and when you really got your start was, you know, a couple decades ago when we started to see a lot of the bootlegs popping up. We started to see, you know, Napster. And and it, one thing that really reminds me of this time, if you think back to Napster days, is when artists had to pivot and start thinking about their digital downloads and streaming partnerships instead of relying on record sales because there was ways around of buying a record. And so I'd love for you to kind of chat also about as you think about um, your start, you know, in the space, how this technology is a disruptor, just like Web2 was uh, when it came to artists and how they had to think about changing their path to kind of create new revenue models. Yeah, oh my God, the world, I mean, the world has changed so much. That I like, started DJing in like the 90s, started professionally full-term video DJing in 1997. And when I started, it was like we were burning CD-ROMs. That was how we got our workout. And, um, you know, had videos on FTP sites before there was anything like YouTube, before there was even, like, places to store media files and play them to people. And, and to begin with, when you wanted to play someone a media file, you wanted somebody to see, like, a 10-minute video of yours, you'd have to pay for, to show it to them. So the server would charge you all the time, all the bandwidth that people would use for videos. So there was, like, I remember YouTube coming out, like, 2006, and that was huge, huge, because we could suddenly start showing work to it everyone really quickly and so that's like I know that with the Napster stuff hitting was really interesting I was kind of stayed out out of that world because all the money I made was from doing live gigs mm -hmm. and although I made like some some money doing tunes as a DJ you make most of your money performing and then being like a video remix artist all the money came from kind of doing production work for like ad agencies and events and movie companies and that kind of stuff now watching everything change so it's so the world of like myspace and facebook and youtube where we could all suddenly share our media and grow huge audiences and then over the last 10 years that's kind of cut down like youtube hasn't been such a place like when youtube started when twitter started and facebook you could grow by word of mouth and build a huge audience really quick but over time like the algorithms come in and they've had, they've, they've gone after ad revenue and also you know it's not that humans control it but the algorithm goes for like a a more efficient way to make money and that always seems to be to encourage like you know trump videos and anti-vax stuff and just emotional stuff that gets people um really hit up in it but it doesn't even leave much room for art and so mm -hmm. now this new explosion of what's been going on has been um you know in crypto because it's been happening on twitter and because it's been happening on word of mouth it's like totally separate from um, this Facebook, YouTube, Instagram algorithm world, and it's yeah, it's it's yeah, I feel like it's the new it's a new explosion of, of web media across the world. 
Yeah, it seems very much so. Like you said, like uh, even when Facebook and Google and all these places, these sites that started in the early 2000s, I mean, they really, some of them I talk about could have had really good intentions. They want to spread, you know, make it easier. And like you said, at the beginning of these platforms, it was easier to kind of build an audience and create a brand and kind of create an identity for yourself. But as they continued to try to figure out new ways to monetize and as they went public and then they had to worry about about shareholders, it, it seemed like the creators and the people that were on the site that were trying to use it to build that organic following kind of got caught up in a mess of trying to figure out how they could feel respected and valued because you know they're they're the ones that seem to almost be utilized as a product in the end. And now it seems like Web three is starting to you know generate a new way for them to take control back again. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of friends who have ended up in crypto art, who, who I've known for 10, 15 years because of events, because of media stuff. Like, I mean, people I know because of like live events and all the production work he does, uh, he, he did for that in like, you know, the late 2000s. And uh, so it's really interesting. All these same people have been doing the same car. We've all been working, you know, we've been making like adverts and stage shows for people and designs for movies and you know, all these people that have such different um, specialties in art, but strangely knew each other. Like, I mean, we don't all know each other, but it's funny the amount of people I've known for 10, 15 years who are now in crypto. Mm -hmm. It's funny because, you know, it's it does seem like a lot of the people that are moving into the space, like you said, are people that you respect or people that you've seen. But at the end of the day, these are also people that constantly are... Uh, thinkers and and you know they're thinking about where the industry is going they want to always be at the forefront of any new of new tech or new potential for what is possible with your art and i see that uh very much so in you entering the space as well just continuing to be a pioneer when it comes to even the sound industry because as you you probably have figured out a lot of people are questioning now how this will kind of leak into the music industry and NFT side of things with that. And we've already seen some music NFTs um, and some musicians coming into the space, but it's such a small niche. And so I'd love for you to talk about, uh, maybe if you've thought about what the potential of the, you know, musicians and music and albums being minted as NFTs. And uh, if you think eventually that will change where people start minting more music onto NFT platforms as well. Yeah, I, th I think it's already happening. I mean, I've always kind of been on the edge of meme music, if you know what I mean, like, like, um, the visuals, the internet, the virality of it is almost been more important than the music to me. So I've like been involved in the music industry whilst also never being part of it. But um, seeing the edge of it, seeing people come into it, I think it's stuff like uh, Jonathan Mann, Song of Day Man, and Blau have been working on the idea of handing out rights to their collectors, so people buy NFT, the NFTs of theirs, and it will buy and it will, they'll buy a tiny bit of a share. Of the rights to that song so when that song's played on spotify or the radio it gets licensed into the tv commercial the the buyer of that nft gets a portion of that profit and um i think that's one that's one huge future i think Rao powell talks a lot about um community tokens how disney and all these companies are eventually just going to get into that and it's the leveraging of the community of like you know, it's it's before you people people can put money into they can use GoFundMe or do do those things where they support the artists they like with a few dollars a month. But it's not the same as, as this tokenized world where you're like um, buying into something and getting you know a, a, a evidence on the ledger that you're committed and the ability to get you know airdrops and um, have have a computerized interaction and like manifestation of your identity and your belonging to this group like that hasn't been looked possible before now the blockchain like everyone has their wallets uh which you can collect connect collectibles to and collect a community to so people yeah i think that's that's going to be groundbreaking for music because um artists who have people that love them will be able to like leverage their community to build huge tours build movies build record albums and that kind of thing I absolutely love hearing your answer to that last question because it just goes to show how much you've actually looked into and researched and been a part of the NFT movement 
and uh, understanding the power of Web3. Like, it's it, after that answer, it's like, you get it. You understand where this is heading. And it's so, it's so exciting to hear people that are just kind of continuing to dive in deeper. But you're completely right. And you, the power of Web3 is the community. And it's like, when you, instead of a big music industry label, um, owning the rights and basically making a share, you can give that share to the people that love you that are constantly supporting your art. And it is going to be a huge disruptor to the way that uh, the whole entertainment industry works. And I think we're just, you know, we're, I mean, people don't, we say it all the time and it's become a meme in itself that we're still early and that everyone's going to make it if you're here right now. But at the end of the day, it's so true because when you start thinking about some of the things you talked about where big corporations start tokenizing things, you start to realize just how early we are because we haven't even started to get to even one big industry uh, getting into it. I think a lot is going on behind the scenes, but the you know, traditional market moves so much slower than crypto that it may feel like a decade before it actually happens. Yeah, I think I think even that might be mistaken because of the the whole exponential change thing that we we all find impossible to understand because it, it's it's so crazy. But the next ten years, the technological difference are going to be similar to the last sixty. Mm -hmm. because of the speed at which processes are moving speed at which like you know institutions are in investing in ai and all these things so it's like all these things we think are going to change like i think a lot of people think ethereum might take 10 years to take over like insurance and housing and the financial sector and movie funding but i think it's going to be more like 24 months Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's insane. As soon as I mean, it's uh, it reminds you of kind of um, I always like to ref re try to think back to when you know the original iPod was uh, started. You know, back when I was early in in like eighth grade, maybe ninth grade is when it was starting. But then by when I got to college, you had the iPhone came out, and that was like the whole game changer. I feel like there's just going to be a couple innovations that uh, happen that just make this so like the speed of adoption just will accelerate. And it could be something simple like the Coinbase going into NFTs, or it could be something, you know, that hasn't even come out yet, but just something where people all of a sudden it's so much easier that they don't even have to understand MetaMask, they don't have to understand the decentralized nature, but the, just so they can get their feet wet, they'll be able to get in. And I think that's when we start to see the game changing, when the user interface starts to change and people can get in and not necessarily understand all the tech behind it. Yeah, there's a few like really simple ideas about crypto that I think most people don't get. And when they do it, it will everything ones that you can like turn your money into a stable coin and get much higher interest than you can with the bank. And the other one is if you memorize your seed phrase, you can be dropped naked anywhere in the world and like still get your assets, get everything you own, you know, and that yeah. idea is so powerful, so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's something a lot of people don't realize, just the power of, you know, you could be anywhere in the world and you can take your your assets and your wealth with you. And when you talk about the borderless nature of where we are heading in terms of like a global society and a global economy, it just makes sense that, that we can kind of all interact together and grow together instead of, you know, govern, governing systems kind of controlling and um, making, making you feel like that's not possible when in reality you know now it is completely possible and it's just a matter of getting the right people into place to make sure that we continue moving forward in that direction yeah i think it's when proof of stake happens people will be using the network for everything you know they'll be using it to like store their photos and childhood memories it will be that easy to do it Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so I mean, it's so cool to think about the changes that are happening. And one thing that I love that you've talked about is, I mean, you're, you're big into culture, you talked about it about when you even are doing some of your mashups, you think very much about, you know, the viral nature of how it can take off. And so, you know, it, a lot of people are starting to realize just how cultural and how much this meme you I mean, you see it with something like Dogecoin or Shiba that were created as jokes, and they take off because of the power of the meme behind it. And so I'd love for you to just talk about, you know, in terms of culture, how important some of these big celebrities now getting into the space are and how that just creates a ripple effect to more mainstream adoption when you have that viral movement happening as well. 
yeah well i mean some some celebrities have been amazing and important and got in, got into it well you know get like gary vaynerchuk but like crypto arts creating its own celebrities now and it's 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 like the mm. world the world the world of art and music is starting to look at it so it's so interesting um yeah i'm 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 it's because it's all the internet basically so so take nyan cat for example um everyone knows where that is and it's like a you know you can say something like internet famous and that is famous now all of us are watching the internet that's how we get all our ideas and i just think it's now like um well now it, it the meme stuff is so important because it is everything you know a catchy idea it's people it's people's emotions if people feel for something it's why the it's the pfps that do really well uh things people have an emotional attachment to mm-hmm. and so communicating to that part of people is really important it's also you know why if, if you want to make really succeed on youtube you remix it like a political thing or something that really gets on people's nerves mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's all about yeah, triggering about, emotions yeah, so something like Neon Cat that's like incredibly viral but positive. That's an, that's actually a lot harder to do than I think everyone realizes. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think is important, and we start noticing, you still have some um, like shit posters and trolls that are that have done fairly well in this space. But it seems like most people that are entering the crypto and the NFT space realize the the importance of creating a positive space because uh, we don't want it to turn on us kind of like that's happened with the algorithms on uh, Twitter and YouTube. And so how important is it that we, I mean, we are kind of the protectors of this industry as it continues to move forward. How important is it that we continue to try to make sure we protect that positive light and make sure that we're always doing things for good because we, at the end of the day, like if this turns in the wrong direction, like the people that are in the space right now will be looking back and, and we'll be like, how did that get out of our hands? Which actually happened with a lot of early, uh, a lot of early crypto coins that became decentralized. Um, they got taken on by bad actors, and now they're completely dead. Uh, and how important is it that we kind of protect this space from that happening? I think a majority of people are good, really. And it's like, it's important, but it's like easy to do. The problem is it comes with the anonymity of like, it's so easy on social media to be anonymous and then just be offensive or rude or threaten people. Um, but with the crypto space like even anonymous characters with their wallet and their identity and their collection they they build up something they want to stand behind and if they're if they're big enough assholes then that that gets all gets ruined so like to a certain extent you can you can still maintain you know um (laughs) moderate decorum between everyone in in crypto but yeah it's insanely important but i think it's 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 going to come through because look at how open it is as a community to like LGBT people mm-hmm. and, you know, not being classically like, um, aggressively, um, toxically male and douchey. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's so true. It is so true. It's like, we have to, it is a new world that we're creating and it's like, we can redefine what, like what is uh, acceptance and equality, and you already see so many people coming into the space, but I just love that you mentioned that because it's so powerful that, you know, the old white guys that control all the, the governments around the world, I mean, we, we, don't have that, we don't have to make that the status quo of the crypto and the, the metaverse. Yeah, I think, I think art, like art and music, if, if you make that your center, um, quite often, I mean, obviously, there's some there's some racist and sexist and horrible art, but on the whole, like art tends to attract like calm, nice people. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I think I think you've kind of already started getting to this next answer, but I'd love for you to talk about since you've been in. Uh, kind of in the metaverse since you've been interacting more on Twitter and um, working with a lot of these guys that are in the space, what you notice is the biggest difference between Web 2, where we've been the last decade, and like Web 3, what you feel like is the biggest difference in terms of when you share your work, for example, or just in general, the potential of how the space will grow. What's the biggest differences you've noticed in Web 3? Oh my God, this is, this is terrible. I mean, so, so for example, in, in like the late 2000s, I had a really great time, the, the explosion of YouTube and, and the way that went. Um, the la- last 10 years have totally been fighting with the algorithm of like, if I do something that's like dark or, or you know, 
that gets on gets people's emotions riled up it will do really well like remix alex jones or donald trump that kind of thing mm -hmm. um but i don't i don't want to do that and so it's the biggest difference with this has been uh when you go into the crypto art community on twitter and you engage with a group of people those people engage you with other people and you meet other people and it's been the easiest since the like 2000s for me to make friends uh, get into a community and to find people to share an idea. And I think the biggest thing with me is is like the thing thing I'm like mainly doing is video remixing, and then with my wife we do animation. But the main the video remixing it has no parallel. There's no nightclubs for it. There's no charts for it. There's no you know real competitions for it. It doesn't really it it doesn't fit into the DJ world. So you go and do it with DJs, and you end up hanging out with um, you know. All the people who are building the stage set and the people technical people because that the, those are your like like-minded that's your community so with crypto art it's the first time i've ever had a community really like because it didn't fit in with djing didn't fit in with making trailers didn't there's no company or or profession that where i'm like uh, that person is the same profession as me if you know what i mean mm -hmm. so crypto art for me the biggest difference has been like because i've had that community because i've son i suddenly now know people who make art who you know promote crypto art who do all this stuff it's been very easy to like put out ideas and then for those to spread like more it, that coupled with usual twitter if you make something catchy and people like it they'll retweet it you know those two yeah. things coupled together and it's been totally amazing and then the other aspect to it is like uh you know most of my adult life i've been working alongside djing like doing corporate uh, gigs where somebody will go remix a bunch of Reebok adverts and so it's it's fun I like it. it's great it's a great way to earn money but essentially it's working for a client mm -hmm. and the, the major difference in crypto art is just like from the collectors to the other artists like everyone has been like insanely generous insanely easy to work with like I've had collectors uh, like yeah yeah who bought the X copy where I haven't been totally clear about the rights to the music and they could have kept it and they're just like no passing it on no problem. I've had people friends I've made videos for and I've been like do not pay me and they've just sent money anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just um, yeah and like uh, it's great. I don't think I don't hopefully we will never go back and do client work again. It's like now we are just doing this forever. I love it. I mean that is I think when you can unlock that uh freedom for your creativity we're gonna just see a world that we've never seen before where instead of all of these institutions that we always had to work for that told us what they thought was the right thing when we're able to choose your partnerships be able to choose your creative uh path there's just so much potential in terms of the different world we're gonna see because everyone is doing what they love and are passionate 100% of the time, which is all our dreams, right? At the end of the day, we always wanted this. We always wanted to do work we loved. And now it's like, we're finally able to get closer to that. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of artists this year got good computers, good um, iPad pros to draw on, good music making equipment. And, you know, it's just going to expand what people do. And I think also a lot of people, they get into crypto. They don't come in crypto, sell a bunch of NFTs and then sell their Ethereum straight away. I think a lot of us end up keeping it and believing in the culture and like understanding where DeFi is going and, um, you know, genuinely being believers. And, um, you know, a lot of us, we're making art and selling it. And then on top of it, it's not just that. It's like I'm doing remixes of other crypto artists, making remixes of the culture, doing live events. And there's a lot of, like, growing the culture. And, um, you know, just, like, being together, making stuff together. And then all of that is feeding into the next ideas of, of where to go and, you know, what to build. Yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. It, is, it is truly beautiful. And I think another thing that I love seeing is like you talk about the collabs, um, but just like the the big names like Coldy and X Copy that you've kind of done remixes and collabs with. It's insane. How have you uh, are those are those artists, you know, that you kind of got in touch with early on? Um, how do some of those collabs happen in the space for you? And, and what have you enjoyed about that process? always twitter that, that, that the whole crypto art thing has been twitter so it's like D dms with Cody and x copy and both of them we started talking to really early like got into crypto art in december like late december early january they had spoken to Cody and x copy and Cody like helped us a lot advised us how to approach people like um you know 
when to do things like he he at one point advised us like a reserve price to put i would have never put down and it's just mm -hmm. like always solid advice so he's been a friend for ages and just made a remix of him for like fun mm -hmm. and then uh you know um just joked about putting it out as an nft he was like yeah yeah, yeah let's do it and yeah so that that's how that collab happened x copy we'd like we've done loads of stuff with um just started playing around and chucking around ideas and uh, yeah we made two nfts and then we uh, made the sound for one of his nifty gateways and then we we've, we've been just making fun twitter videos and uh yeah jesus it's, that's, that, that's, that's really fun some of the most fun i've ever had like in front of a computer making stuff for x copy because his 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 work is perfect for someone who makes like noisy jittery electro music yeah yeah exactly i mean are these these are guys that you also knew prior to nft or is it like you just kind of became close friends with them quickly uh once you entered no i followed them briefly before and um pranksy i've followed for ages but i didn't i knew nothing about nft sometimes that people because i see someone retweet their comments and i'm like that person's cool mm-hmm yeah, it, it's just cool to see how quickly that you're able to uh, make friends in the space, especially when you came in, you know, earlier, Coldy and X Copy. Now, you know, they're, it's crazy to see how much they've grown just in 10 months. But even in November, December, I mean, X Copy had his drop and, you know, it, anyone could buy a piece and now they're selling for f seven, eight times what they minted for on Nifty Gateway, but it's just so cool to see, you know, those friendships starting to form as soon as you get in. I have similar stories of people that I've gotten really close to in the space uh, when I entered back in February and March, and uh, it's just so cool to see that sense of community, and when you do something then, or if you want to put out um, a project, or if you want to do anything, you have, like, people that you really respect and trust that you know you can go to, and I think that's just a game changer as well when it comes to Web3 is, you know, you have these people that that may even be aliases or anonymous, but you're able to go to them for things that, you know, you really, you really want to go to someone you trust and you talk to them about things that um, are going to help change your, your trajectory in the space as well. Yeah, it's funny, the people I talk to most, I don't really, like a few of them, I don't really know who they are, you know, I have no idea where they are, who they are, but like mm -hmm. I talk to them a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. What has been uh, some of your your most interesting experiences, or maybe something one of the most challenging lessons you've learned since being in the space? Because we have a lot of newcomers to the NFT and crypto space, and I know a lot of people. We've seen people losing money, not storing stuff correctly, and so I'd love for you to kind of share an example where maybe you've had to learn the hard way, uh, or if you haven't, then that's awesome as well. But is there any moment where you felt like you had a learning curve that you had to figure out before uh before something clicked yeah yeah um cold, cold storage like um I, I was really lucky in that um i have friends who work in just like cyber security so i've always been like you know sensible about using stuff like two pass two-factor encryption and yubikeys and that kind of stuff but when we started, I didn't totally understand what cold storage was. It was like a month or two. So anyone starting, you know, cold storage is basically a device that keeps your seed phrase on it. And uh, the computer can't pull your seed phrase off that device. It stays on that device. So unless someone's physically in the room with you, they can never take the money off you. So, yeah, everyone get a cold storage device or multiple cold storages devices. And you can mint from them. You don't have to mint from MetaMask. MetaMask will hook up to a cold storage device. You just plug it into your USB port, import it into your MetaMask, yeah. So that's that. That's the most important thing. Cold storage, cold storage, cold storage. Yeah, like, and you hear it, that, but it's like... so important. And it is funny to think how much money that some of us have had, because it's just like the matter or the process of ordering a treasure or a ledger. It's like oh, I don't want to go. Like it just seems like a hassle. But when you're talking about the amount of money that are in some of our wallets, like if you think of it like a bank, you would never want your bank just to have their doors unlocked to your money. And that's essentially what you do when you just hold it in your browser. It's so much easier for someone to access uh, than, than if you have a ledger or treasure where you have to manually each time approve on that on the device. And so someone around the world can't do that because they don't have your, your actual 
uh, cold storage wallet, you have it. And so I love that you brought that up because we've seen a lot of people losing money, um, but in some people losing hundreds of thousands, but even for some people in the space, five to 10,000 could be huge, uh, life-changing money. Um, so it's really important to remember to, to get a cold storage wallet. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, and also you lose five, ten thousand now, or you lose a few NFTs now, and that's really a few million in a few years. Oh, that is such a good point, and reminds me, um, you know, Farouk had lost, uh, he lost the keys to one of his wallets, and in his wallet back then it was only like a thousand dollars, but he had a couple bored apes in there, and now you know those are worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. So you're exactly right. Losing something now that could seem, you know, like not so bad, you don't. I mean, it's like the guy that paid for uh, that Bitcoin pizza. You don't want to look back and see how much that that is worth in 10 years from now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mem memorize your seed phrase. Yes, definitely. You know, it's, it is probably worth the time. I actually haven't memorized mine, but that is really good advice too. I mean, it's worth the struggle of memorizing it and trying to make sure that there's literally no way someone can take your 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 stuff or having it you know somewhere encrypted so that it's still impossible for someone to read except you but that's really good advice all right we are going to move into um community corner here in just a second if you have a question for eclectic um if you have a question for eclectic method go ahead and hit that request button and we'll bring up some people here in just a minute um but one thing that i would love for you to be able to chat about before we start bringing people up is just uh, if you wanted to talk about anything that you have coming up or anything that um, you're working on that's going to be in the space that we can look out for. Oh, no. Well, the immediate next thing is CryptoCubes, a huge drop with loads of artists on Nifty Gateway on the 28th. And uh, yeah, I think I might be doing something else around the event to do with the event. And it's a uh, our piece is like one of the crypto cubes and if you know it like uh everyone picks one cube from the collection and then they make a piece of art around it so the one we've done is animated cubes and the cubes generate mu music everyone moves or swooshes and makes a sound and that's our piece yeah oh that's pretty cool I, I this is the first time i've heard about that but that sounds really fun are there any yeah, other we're looking forward to it. are there some other names that you can tell us that are involved in that project that we would know Oh my God, loads. Aaron is it? Aaron Bees is involved in it. Um, there's Jonathan Mann. Oh, uh, wow. John, John Norlander. Uh, Carlos Marcial. Oh, that's uh, going to be huge. Yeah, this yeah, is, and it's uh, on Nifty Gateway, you said. Oh my God, he has like 15 artists now. Now I'm just reading off this. G Giselle Flores. I mean, and I'm doing a remix and one more artist from that list before we um, do it. And well, it's like 10 days away. Yeah. Wow, I love it. All right, I don't have anyone requesting to come up yet, but I do have some questions that are on um, this post, on the second pin post. So if you have a question, please hit that request button. Don't be shy. But if not, I will read a couple questions from um, the post, the second pin post up there. Uh, and actually, I deleted the other one, so it's the only pin post. So if you have a question and you're being shy, you can also go on there and I'll make sure to read your question. But let's go ahead and turn to some um, audience questions now. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. All right, and we have a question from Ron uh, Jordan. He said, what do you think about giving out uh, beats as an NFT and create a competition of sorts to win a spot on a feature track on an album or the artist will own that beat or song as the winner. Um, kind of like a play off of uh, an M&M at NFT. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. We've given um, the rights to three or four of our NFTs, where they, if you buy the NFT, you get the rights to the music. Now we've done the thing where the, each collector passes it on to the next collector. So while you own it, if you re use it for something, you get to keep the rights to do, do that, but you can't keep doing things after you pass the NFT on. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think the rights issues and like selling beats, creating beats, um, yeah, the ability to have multiple people, multiple people to generate stuff. If you, if you could have like 10 NFTs, 
that were tagged and then people could use those NFTs to make songs and then the computer would determine how much of those NFTs they used to make songs or a piece of art. And it was like, you know, a, con a smart contract that paid back the samples that it sampled as you remix them. That would be amazing. Yeah, I love that question. And you've started seeing a lot of that and you even talked about how creative we can get in terms of rights and who owns certain parts and when you put in the smart contract you can be paid out royalties and i think we're getting closer to that so that's uh excellent um an excellent question i'm gonna bring up uh crime he has a question crime are you up here on stage now yep i'm here guys hey thanks you? for coming up go ahead oh yeah sure so yeah i was just sort of listening and uh had a thought like uh, do you think this move to decentralization will be sort of more community led like from people like you or do you think like players like uh, like spotify or you know whoever will sort of you know take their already existing community and sort of handhold people into some sort of web3 capability sorry i missed the last piece of your question i don't know if it is my internet cutting out no yeah um so I mentioned, like, do you think that basically this, like, d drive to decentralization, specifically in, like, the music stuff, will be more community-led, like, from the, like, people that are growing now? Or do you think it'll be already existing sort of entities like, like a Spotify or an Apple Music that will, like, sort of lead their, their listeners or community to this Web3 sort of implementation? Yeah, I think it would be community-led because at the moment there's no Facebook or centralized platform that's like um, controlling the sales of it or the distribution of it. So that these platforms we can sell to the most part are not walled off and you can sell on Rarible and OpenSea and all these places. And the next thing is, is the way that you promote it is still kind of word of mouth. And um, yeah, Spotify, like a lot of people go to Spotify after the, they've fallen in love with the artist. They don't, they don't really interact with playlists as as much like i think there's still a huge element of like music videos um social media twitter instagram those are as presence in that way that brings people into the music and so yeah it's possible some huge platform will come in and and enforce their presence and and win i guess but maybe there'll be like a decentralized spotify that's that's um you know anyone can upload their music to it gets paid to their wallet um and no one can take it down because the music is decentralized and the payment system is just a like contract that's being executed. Awesome. I think that's a, that's a really great answer. It was it's very insightful. So thanks for your insights there. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, Crime, for coming up. I mean, that is such an interesting question, too, because a lot of people, I think we fear like the centralized organizations coming in. But um, I think the, the disruptive nature of blockchain is basically we're disrupting those types of tech because of their ad revenue and the kind of the way that they create income for themselves. And so it's also really hard for a centralized organization like one of those big players to make such a strong move into this because it's uh, it goes completely against their entire model and structure of how they make money. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out too. All right, we have one more question. We'll wrap it up. This one is from Sohil, and he asks, what do you see to be the best strategy for outstanding singers to present an NFT version of their music if it's already been created in the past? What would that look like? Uh, I think I think there's some platforms that are emerging. Like you don't have to be selling stuff with video. It doesn't have to be like a video art piece or a visual art piece. But um, you know, artists that, that have visual art collaborations or an, a visual art element do succeed better on platforms like Twitter, Twitter and social media platforms. So I think it's important to have that element. Uh, but the best way to present it, I don't know. Maybe Tezos. There's like good pl platforms on Tezos that like it's really easy to put up. Um, catalogs of music as NFTs. Mm -hmm. um, there are platforms coming, like what what Blau's building is is a platform for um, releasing music and then sharing the money via, via the blockchain. Yeah, uh, it'll yeah. Be... So that's it. What what about um, like let's say you you have someone that's been in the industry for a while and they have hit songs, you know, like a Beyonce or a Jay Z, and they have like these hit hit music sensations already is it possible to do you think it's possible for them to kind of like uh 
put their their music that they've already had success with and kind of change the platform and layout of where that music kind of lies and where it kind of uh, is monetized? Or do you think that it, it's only going to be kind of newer music that this is going to be able to be used for since there's so many contracts with these streaming platforms already in place? Yeah, so the weirdest thing with big, big musicians, and this is the thing I, I have time and time over again, is they often don't own their own stuff. So it's, that, it's like they're very restricted in like what they can do with their back catalog. And that's why you'll see like the, the way that they'll move into the crypto space will be very different. Also, there's been a lot of like big celebrities who have done stuff in crypto and then just walked away. And so like I'm not sure, like I think, yeah, they can walk in and sell some NFTs and walk away. But if you if if you're asking like what they should do to like present it in the space, I think it's like, I don't know, it's weird. It takes over all your life. Like what you have to do is you go into NFTs, you find like the artists and collectors, and you follow them and you chat with them, and you just watch the conversation on Twitter, and you know, because because it's going to be totally different 30 days from now than it is. So you need to be following the people and just following the conversation. So yeah, that's 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 the thing. Like no matter whether you're a celebrity or not. Um, it's like yeah, follow the conversation, engage with the conversation, and, and be involved in the community, because you know that's what, that's where everything's happening. I'm not sure. Yeah, I like that uh, answer a lot. Otherwise, you know, if someone like Beyonce just wants to sell ten thousand objects for like ten bucks, she can do that anytime. She can do that on the blockchain. That's not. That's not. That's not a problem. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I love that you that you kind of uh, covered this, but you really have to kind of get ingrained into this new society, this new world, because it is like you can't. We've seen it time and time again with a lot of celebrities, and a lot of us got burned from it because we were also learning. But uh, you know, some of these bigger celebrities that came in, they drop something, they leave, and now we're just stuck with like this asset they created that really has no value unless they come back and do something with it, which I do believe we'll start maybe seeing more of that where they come back and, you know, realize that in order to really make anything in this space, they're going to have to go back and make right some of the errors they did, but they, they have to get involved in the space first to realize that they're, they made errors of just jumping in and then jumping back out, and that's not how you go about this space, and it'll be interesting to see um, as we continue more and more celebrities that try to come into the space if they do it the right way and they kind of find others that they respect and they learn from just like you did with people x copy and pranksy you know those are amazing mentors and those are the types of mentors that people need when they come in to really help you understand what you need to do to be successful in this in this community Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like it's the first um, steps of the metaverse. Like, I think it sounds silly when you first hear it, but it's, it, you know, Ready Player One. And it's, you know, Cyber Kongs, these characters, Mebit, these characters that people are buying that they will be playing as themselves in, in the metaverse. And that idea of, like, what's nice about Decentraland and CryptoVoxels is it's community plus gaming. And and so you can combine the art with meeting up with your friends with like eventually, you know, playing the games, um, mm -hmm. you know, sand, Sandbox does that too. And I think that's like genuinely where things are going. And that's sort of like the pe people, kids, everyone will value their like cyber cons and their characters and their digital identity. And so we're in the first steps of that. So the thing about like transitioning as a singer and to, like the old world is like maybe media is going to change like maybe the way we tell stories is going to change and become yeah. a lot more like you know 30 second snippets of amazing art yeah. told over in a hundred parts telling an amazing story or you know or, 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 or augmented virtual reality stories and um yeah with me media is changing everything so like and the singers it will be like a virtual reality character an ai mm. you know these kind of things that are coming I couldn't so, yeah, agree so. more. It's, and it just reminds us to like just hearing you talk about that is so uh, inspiring, too, because you just realize like you take a step back and you think, man, like you kind of mentioned it earlier in this interview, but in a year to two years from now. I mean, it's just going to be everything is going to look different than it does today because of all of the innovation that's been happening for the last two or three years. It's going to the traction has started and like the roadmaps, everything kind of fell into place. Uh, at the right time for things to kind of get escalated. And now we've got the people in place to help build it. And you see new media companies with people like Farouk or Beanie, they're coming in um, to the space making like these new media outlets. And 
like you said, like this world that we live in, it's small right now, but as it continues to grow, it'll become the norm and more and more people will be jumping in. And, you know, this even like this show could have thousands of people every episode in a in a few months from now, just by adoption and people coming into the space. And it's just crazy to think of how early we really are and that as more people come and get onboarded, we really are growing like a new world for for the next generation. One other thing is like, you know, Facebook and all this promised us a, a, a world where we could connect to everyone. But I think like the United States and, and Europe kind of became its own um, culture online. And NFTs feel like the first time where like, you have Asia, Africa, South America, like all, all the continents involved. And you can tell it mostly because like, I've been on Twitter for 12, 13 years. Um, and it's the first time I've ever been involved in something where the conversation on Twitter is happening 24 hours a day. If you wake up in the middle of the night, people are talking NFTs, you know, and it's because it's the like first community that's properly worldwide. Yeah, it's truly borderless. And then also when you, with the anonymous profiles too, people don't feel like there's, there's that, um, that barrier to like acceptance and things like this. When you, when you have um, an avatar, you know, everyone seems just like they're all part of the same community and it's, it's so powerful. And I, I couldn't agree more because even just this small show, you know, uh, I go on to Apple and Spotify and I can pull the numbers of where listeners are coming in uh, and they're not even listening live. You know, live is a whole nother factor, but over 50 countries, uh, people from 50 different countries have listened to just the Spotify and Apple podcasts of the Crazy About Crypto show. And and it's just insane to me to think about like how wide reaching when you have a global borderless economy, you can really start to build a global audience for the first time in an organic way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this I mean it's life-changing for me. Yeah, it's it's going to be life-changing for so many people in the space and it's so amazing to see that you've jumped uh, you know, full head in diving first uh and and so grateful that you're in the space as well with us and um thank you so much for taking time to be on the show and if you don't already follow Eclectic Method, you definitely should. He's producing some amazing work uh obviously with some of the uh, huge collabs he's done but also just if you go take a look at some of the mashups he does it's uh it it really gets just you can watch it for an hour so thank you so much for taking time to be on and uh if anyone missed any part of the episode i'll upload it onto um apple and spotify and i'll put a link up here in a little bit on the crazy about crypto show so everyone can listen if you just popped in here but this has been such a, a informational and just thinking about where we're heading um in terms of web3 is so exciting so thanks for being here to chat about it with me today thank you so much for having me all right guys have a good one and we will see you next time this has been Take a production of gutter cat studios all conversations with crazy carl are for educational purposes only You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody, really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.